What's up, everyone? Welcome to the second episode of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Uh, very excited to be here starting this series back up. Uh, you know, NBA Draft is heating up pretty soon. Uh, my name is Richard Stamen. You might know me better as Mavs Draft on Twitter, uh, which is at Mavs Draft, or you might have seen my work at MavsDraft.com. I've done a lot of combo work of both the Dallas Mavericks covering them uh, and just covering the NBA draft as a whole. Uh, so I'm very excited to be one of your hosts here. I uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, David Locke and Nick Engstad for giving me this chance. I've uh, been a big fan of the network for a long time, so this is honestly a dream come true to be able to, uh, to be able to spread my, what I hope uh, is knowledge of the draft uh, to anyone who wants to hear is interested in learning. Um, so I guess in this episode, just wanted to talk about some quick stuff, nothing too deep, uh, starting at the top of the draft with Cade Cunningham and the G League Ignite guys. Um, you probably know Cade Cunningham by now. He just had a 40-point game against Oklahoma, which I'll break down a little bit, as well as the 15-point game versus Oklahoma Monday night. Uh, they played a little back-to-back. And then just previewing what the G League Ignite team looks like, what the outlook is, how teams may view the G League versus the NCAA. Uh, it'll be a really fun episode, and I'm also just going to introduce who I am real quick. So uh, as a little background, uh, I started Mavs Draft in 2017. I've been a big NBA fan for all my life. I moved to Dallas when I was five years old in 1999, so you can do the math on how old I am. Um, I learned to read literally by reading the free agency reports. That was how I just started, you know, just picking up on everything. So I you can say I've been an NBA fan for most of my life. Um, and then the draft, I started keeping up in 2004 because, uh, like I said, I moved here from Orlando to Dallas. Um, so I grew up an Orlando Magic fan as well as Dallas Mavericks. And the 2004 draft was with Dwight Howard. And that really got me into it. I was really excited to see the future of my team as a 10-year-old. And uh, and ever since then, I've just been huge on finding the next wave of talent. It's always been something I've loved doing. I've loved doing it for the NFL MLB even, which is a hassle. If so, shout out to anybody who does that. Um, but in 2017, I started Mavs Draft really just to have a place. It wasn't even – I didn't intend for it to ever get big. Um, I just wanted the place to talk about what my observations were. I was huge on Donovan Mitchell being a Dallas Maverick uh, at number nine. He went 13th, I believe, to use Javier trade uh, from Denver, which remains one of the biggest fleeces uh, in – in NBA draft history, I think, uh, giving up 13th pick just to move back uh, and take Tyler Lydon. Said Donovan Mitchell could be a lot different outlook on the league. Uh, obviously, the Mavs shows Dennis Smith Jr. I wasn't too big on him, but um, it helped get Kristaps Sporzingis, so it all worked out. Uh, and obviously, they got Luka Doncic, too. So a uh, little bit about me, though. I am a credentialed media uh, NBA draft analyst. I go to college games. I've been around some NBA draft workouts, some combines. I've been going to events. Um, I think the biggest thing that would tell me on you, to you uh, would be that in, in 2008, I found 2018, excuse me, I found Desmond Bain at TCU. Kind of started seeing his game in 2018-19. Um, got to see him out in LA. Really was curious why teams and uh, just NBA media and fans in general. Didn't really pick up on him. You know, elite shooter, he had almost a 50-40-90 season as a junior at TCU. Decided to return after doing some workouts uh, and doing the combines. He absolutely exploded. You know the rest. 
He got drafted to Memphis, going to be an all-rookie this year. Uh, so I, I really do think I have a good eye. Obviously, I'm not perfect. Uh, I've had some hits and I've had some misses. Uh, hits include Donovan Mitchell, as I already said, Kawhi Leonard in 2011. I was really big on him. Uh, thought that the Cavs should have taken him in uh, in place of Tristan Thompson. Obviously, that one didn't happen, but would be pretty crazy to think maybe LeBron James doesn't go to Cleveland. Maybe Kawhi doesn't even turn into Kawhi. Who knows? Uh, it's the beauty of the draft. It's a lot of situational dependent um, picks. So uh, my other misses, though, I'm not perfect by any means. You can hold me accountable for when I say something stupid. Uh, I will gladly eat crow for anything dumb I say uh, because I'm going to say some dumb stuff that eventually will not age well. It's just part of doing the draft. Not everything you say is perfect. Uh, I thought I thought Bismack Biombo was going to be a game-changing center in this league. In 2011, so 2011 wasn't a perfect draft. I thought Kemba Walker was overrated. Thought his lack of size would hurt him. Did not be that was not the case whatsoever. Uh, and then more recently, I was huge on Lewis King in 2019 from Oregon. If you remember him, he went undrafted. Um, but it's not over for him. I mean, he could still carve out a way. He's the 15th best player. He's doing really well in the G League. But that's probably a miss. I, I mark it up as a miss. Uh, so again, not perfect, but that's just kind of who I am. Um, I, I really think this will be a fun podcast, but when we get back, uh, I'm going to talk about Cade Cunningham as well as the G League Ignite and just kind of uh, how that started. But first, I wanted to talk to you about the Theragun. Um, the Theragun Gen 4 is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension uh, using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It really gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using Theragun Signature Percussive Therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. I have one. It does wonders. Um, you know, whether it's after an injury, I'm injury prone, uh, after working out, or just stress of daily life, you know, it gets to you. Uh, there's really no substitute for Theragun Gen 4. And, and it's honestly, it reminds me of like a futuristic device. Uh, just the way it's held in the OLED screen and everything. It just, it really does look like something futuristic. Uh, and you've probably seen it on the sidelines from a lot of NBA teams. Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, they use it, Maria Sharapova. Uh, and of course, people like me who you take much more seriously than the professional athletes. So, uh, try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Uh, if you go to theragun.com slash locked on right now, get your Theragun, Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. And then also wanted to talk to you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers for online for 20 years. They're one of the first in their uh, in their industry. So if you go to auto, rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts, uh, they have hundreds of, of uh, manufacturers on there. They also have everything just from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Uh, so no matter what kind of driver you are, they really have something for everyone. Uh, the rockauto.com site is really easy to navigate. The catalog is Super easy to navigate through. Um, you can find everything from brands, automakers, everything, specifications, prices. You can filter it down real easily. Uh, and best of all, the prices are always low at rockauto.com. Uh, so they're always going to be the same for a do-it-yourself person or a professional. So why would you spend twice as much 
uh, for the same parts. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on and there, how did you hear about us? So they know we sent you. So I wanted to talk about Cade Cunningham and, uh, he's had a notable, a very, I would say big, uh, big splash the last two games. He played Oklahoma twice. And in the first one, in the first outing, he played, uh, he had 40 points. He had, uh, he had a double double with 12 rebounds as well and just one assist, which, uh, excuse me, 11 rebounds. He had one assist, three steals, and two blocks, along with six turnovers, but he had 12 of 21 shooting and 13 of 14 from the line. Um, it was a well, really well-rounded game. He was scoring at all three levels. He was rebounding. He obviously with the uh, 11 rebounds, but he got to his spot whenever he wanted. He dominated that game. And what's crazy is the one assist really did not do him justice whatsoever. He was getting teammates open. They just didn't make it, you know, assists are a two-part stat. So two-person stat, um, you really can't have an assist if everybody's missing your shots. He even had an open dunk missed uh, by a teammate. So really, one you can't judge his passing by his assist numbers. He's a generational passer. Um, you know, when people ask me, who do you see the most in Cade Cunningham? For me, I see a lot of Luka Doncic in him. I don't think that's a comparison, however. Uh, I am a little bit weird about that. I don't think they're the same style of player. I think Cade can be a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know how to how to say it, but Luca took a little bit to learn how to take over games. You know, I watched a lot of Mavs games. I am Mavs draft after all. Um, there's a there's an art to it. I think Cade is going to be a better a better scorer without the, and a lesser passer um, in terms of volume. That is, I don't see Cade ever competing for a triple double. But I do see him easily putting up 25 points per game, 30 points per game, kind of like where Luca is, just um, maybe like 37 and 7 is kind of a ceiling. That's a very high ceiling, of course, but uh, he is touted as a generational talent and the obvious number one pick. Um, and, and with the number one pick, that was something I wanted to talk about was that there's been – I've seen a lot of people say, you know, this guy should be number one, this guy should be number one. <clears throat> but in my opinion, I think – I think Cade is going number one. I don't think that's really up for a particular debate. I really think that at this point, unless Cade gets a, I mean, a God forbid injury, there's no way that he's not going number one. Uh, he's just too talented. He has the track record. It's one of those things where teams know. They know a while back who the top guys are, um, which is really crazy because this top seven, there's a good five to seven guys that you can make the argument could go number one or number two, and that's, there's Evan Mobley, um, Jonathan Kaminga, who I'll get to, Jalen Green, who I'll get to in a little bit here, um, as well as uh, as Evan Mobley, like I said. Uh, James Knight is someone who I really like, Jalen Suggs. There's just a lot of talent at the top here. So it's, it's going to be a fun class now. However, I will say that you can make the argument that he won't be the best player in this class. There's a, there's a real argument for that, considering in the last 12 years, most of the number one picks actually don't end up being um, the best player in the class. There's only about five that you can make the real argument for that the consent and a lot of those are consensus number one picks, mind you. I mean, even 2019, there's a real argument. We don't know if Zion's the best player in the class. John Morant might be it. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of those classes where number one pick is not always a consensus top guy. So for Cade, he he's going to go number one. 
Uh, you can make the argument again that he might not be the best player. I think that's a much more debatable topic. Um, but he's going to go number one. So that's not really ever going to be something I'm going to give too much time otherwise, um, unless I hear something, you know, that I feel worthy. Um, but for Cade, there is uh, one thing coming up. So the season's closing, as you probably know, it's March. You think of March Madness. <clears throat> but we don't know if Oklahoma State's even going to the tournament yet. I, I don't really put much past the NCAA at this point. Uh, they'll know by the middle of the month. So pretty much by Selection Sunday, very close to Selection Sunday, they're getting an answer whether and they're not whether or not they're going to be in the NCAA tournament because they're 100%. They have the resume for it. They're a top 15 team. It's really not close on that. They beat Oklahoma on Monday night, who was ranked 16. They're number 17. They're going to be eligible. It's not a not a question uh, in terms of resume. Now, who knows though if they actually are eligible and cleared by the NCAA. So. That's a big question mark for them, um, but overall with Cade, you don't find you don't find someone like him very often. He's six eight, he can score at ease, scores from anywhere on the floor, can pass to anyone. He's comfortable being uncomfortable, which for a lot of guys that takes years to develop. Uh, it's very rare to see someone come in the league and just love being trapped and know how to read it. It's it's not something that teams can that players can figure out and it, and it gives coaches opposing coaches headaches because there's just no way to game plan for someone like that, which is why he's the number one pick to me. Uh, and he's been on an absolute scoring tear. He's playing a lot of good defense recently. Um, in his last five games, he's had 15 points and that was on Monday night, three of eight shooting. He didn't score, uh, or excuse me, make a field goal until <clears throat> the second uh, half eight minutes in or eight, with eight minutes left, excuse me. And he still had 15 points. He had 40 on Saturday. Uh, a few days before that against Texas Tech, he had 20. He had 21 against Iowa State, 15 versus Kansas State, and then 26 versus Kansas. So those are all, for the most part, pretty good competition. Kansas State and Iowa State are the bottom of the Big 12. So take that as you will. He also had some good assist numbers in those games. Um, but he, he dominates the competition. Like, he is too good for the NCAA. He's one of those guys that – He's, his game is going to translate. There's no chance he busts. And I know that we've seen Markel Fultz. People said the same thing on him. Uh, but barring anything crazy like that, there's no chance that his game just doesn't translate. Um, so when we get back, when I get back, I'm going to talk about the G League guys, kind of compare it to how the NCAA field stacks up, um, and just kind of give a general outlook of what I think will happen. Uh, but first, just wanted to talk to you about betonline.ag. So Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. Uh, bet Online even covers, you know, they cover all the sports, NBA, college basketball, NHL. Uh, they also cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV if you're into that. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way in place to place your bets, uh, and it's free to sign up. It's completely free to sign up, which is a huge uh, a huge plus. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Uh, it's betonline.ag and use promo code locked on. All right, welcome back. Um, so with the G League, it's been a weird experiment, uh, something we really haven't seen before, especially during a pandemic. I'm very curious how it would have played out in a regular season. However, 
obviously that's really not not something we can realistically explore. The G League has, I think it's been a massive success. The, there's a team called the G League, G League Ignite that is composed of four NBA prospects. Um, that's Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, and Dacian Nix. Um, they also have some veterans like Jared Jack. Uh, if you remember Bobby Brown, I think he played in Houston a few years ago. It's a, it's a really good squad. And what they've been doing is they've been, they started up, I think February 10th was the first day. Season ends March 6th, so they only have three more games. Um, and it's just been an overall hit. They, you can see the development is more player focused. They really don't care about wins, loss. I mean, if they get to the playoffs, they'll probably have to change their game up a little bit. Um, honestly, I'm not too familiar with the standings. I'm not going to pretend like that's the most important thing to come out of this. The real thing I wanted to talk about was just kind of breaking down each guy. Uh, so starting with Jonathan Kaminga, he's the top prospect from this. There's a very good chance that he could unseat Cade Cunningham as the number one prospect, not necessarily number one pick. I don't think there's much of a chance that he goes number one, but there is a good chance that he ends up being the best player in the class. You know, six 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 seven jumbo creator really does everything super well. Except he his jump shot's inconsistent. He hasn't had high volume, high success shot game. Uh, I think he's he's gone one of eight. You know, two of seven, three of eight, things like that. He hasn't really had a standout shooting game. But you can see the potential that he really could score from all three levels. And he's a dynamic athlete. Gets to the rim really strong, has the physical frame. He doesn't have to worry about working out and growing his body as he gets in the NBA, which is always a huge plus because then he can just work on his game. So he's a really safe bet. Uh, again, jump shot on the wing could be a concern. Um, not really sure how to diagnose that yet because I don't see it as a broken shot, and I don't see it as a fatal flaw. I think if he gets the jump shot, he's a big bonus. That's a huge bonus, but I think he's automatically a starter caliber player in this league. The next one is Jalen Green. Uh, he was a guy who some people said was a top two prospect out of high school. Uh, not necessarily NBA prospect, but just like high school prospect. Uh, if you're into the high school rankings and all that, he's easily the best athlete in the class. He's got a really nice jump shot. Uh, he needs to, unlike Kuminga, he needs to add strength and work on his frame. Uh, needs to work on ball handling. He's lost on defense. Uh, but to be fair, the G League is an unbelievably fast paced system. So <clears throat> you'll, you're not going to see much defense played until the end of the game. That's not something that, in my opinion, is worth worrying about yet. Uh, he, do, he did look pretty lost in his first game. He's gotten a lot better. It's a little bit inconsistent still. Uh, but overall, he's, he's going to be a great player. I think he's a top five, seven prospect. He's probably at the back end of uh, the front end of the lottery. So uh, anywhere one through seven is a realistic range for him. Uh, the next guy I have ranked, and this is all going in order. I have Kaminga third, uh, Jalen Green fifth on my board currently. Uh, Isaiah Todd, I don't know really where to place him. I have him in the 20 to 40 range. I don't have a specific spot for him yet. He's a 6'10". I, I don't even know how to describe him, but he's got he's a pure play at upside, I think. He was once the top recruit for his 2020 recruiting class was a commit to Michigan. And then I believe in the, I want to say it was early 2020, about January or February, he decommitted and then decided to play go pro and go to the G league bubble. 
uh, before the bubble. He didn't know the bubble was going to be a thing, but uh, go to the Ignite. So he's a 6'10 forward who he can knock down shots. He can create a little bit on his own. Um, he's got a great, great physical frame with athleticism. So that combo does not come around often. That's a once every few drafts. And I think that combination, plus already playing with pros, I don't see why he doesn't go first round. Um, there hasn't been a ton of hype on that yet, but also a lot of hype catches up. Uh, teams are just late. You know, the NBA season's in full swing, and the trade deadline's coming up soon. So that's not necessarily their focus yet. Um, I do think as teams start paying attention to to the NBA draft and the G League a little bit more, you'll see Isaiah Todd's name climb up. He's one of those pure upside guys. <clears throat> And then the last one is Dacian Nix. He's a 6'5 guard, uh, was originally committed to UCLA. He's drawn comps to Raymond Felton, uh, but I don't think it's a real comparison personally. I don't have one yet, uh, just because he has a very similar frame to Felton. Um, I think Felton is just not it. He's a lot quicker than Nix ever, ever probably will be. Uh, but Nix... His calling card is being a floor general. He doesn't have the jump shot yet, but he can find anyone at any time on the floor. It's a really special talent. Um, his defense, again, really hard to judge just because the G League so fast-paced that it's almost hard to tell who's good and who's bad if you don't have a great physical frame. Um, again, the, like <clears throat> the G League bubble has pretty much been a bona fide summer league. It's a lot of new guys. Guys were drafted the last three, four years. And it's the best players from college and some Euro guys uh, that are there. It's a it's a dry run for a lot of these guys. So for Knicks, I'm not holding his lack of a shot yet against him. He's very hesitant. He's scared to shoot it. If he develops the jump shot, he's probably going to stick. If not, I don't know what his calling card would be. Uh, so I have him fourth on my board of the of the four. I do not have him fourth overall, to be clear. Uh, I would probably take him comfortably in the second round. I was really high on him preseason, but the lack of shooting and the <clears throat> the overall hesitancy to shoot the ball when he's kind of open, he'd rather – he's a pass, pure pass per, first guy. That kind of leads me to be a little bit lower on him. I think the upside's just lower. I'm not sure how high the floor is. So, uh, so comparing the G League to the NCAA is really hard. You know, a lot of people are saying Kaminga Green should go number one because they're facing tougher competition than Cade. However, that's not really a fair basis. Like, if Cade went to the G League, he would be probably doing better than those guys. Um, just be, because he's just the most talented player in the draft. It's just as simple as that. Uh, for me, at least, I, I do see him as overall just the best player. Um, he doesn't really have a flaw to me, and I think he would automatically, he could have come out of high school and been a starter and for whoever drafted him if he wanted to do that. Well, if he was able to do that, I should say. Um, because he probably wanted to do that. But the NCAA to G League is a really hard comparison just because the tempo is much different. Uh, talent is obviously different. Kate Cunningham getting one assist uh, would never happen in the G League. It's really hard. I think it might get overblown, and we really like the stats, and they're a little bit inflated in the G League. So I don't think you can really compare the stats. I think it's almost apples to oranges. What we will find out, though, is how teams in the league in general view the bubble and how much it impacts. You'll start seeing it in mock drafts first uh, through ESPN and The Athletic and things like that. Those people generally get early scoops. Um, but also, I mean, things just happen. Like, we, we really don't know 
what will happen with it, and it's a huge wild card. So it's really hard, I think, to make a board off of those guys, and it's just all going to be all over the place. That's the reality. You're not really going to get anywhere with um, – I, I don't think until draft time comes of a real range for the guys like Isaiah Todd and Dacian Nix. I think Jalen Green and Kaminga are comfortably top ten. Uh, you shouldn't have to worry about them falling out. But uh, So just one thing before we wrap up, um, you know – with the G League bubble, it's actually coming to a close soon. It started February 10th, it ends March 6th for the regular season, then there's playoffs. I'm going to be 100% honest, I have watched a lot of games, haven't kept up with the season as a whole, so I don't know if the Ignite are going to make the playoffs. They've been good, so I think they will. Uh, so that would be a really good test for those young guys, and obviously Jared Jack, who's trying to make a comeback. Um, so that would be must-watch TV. The games are all on ESPN networks, uh, sometimes ESPN Plus, if you have that. Um, but the G League bubble is going to be something really fun, worth watching. It's got two top five prospects in my eyes. So uh, if you can get a, catch a game before, uh, they play March 3rd. Um, I think that's the next game. And then they play March 5th and 6th, uh, I believe. So lots of talent in there if you can tune in. Um, but yeah, that's, that's actually all I have for this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Really means a lot. I hope I didn't uh, trip over too many words here, being a little bit nervous for my first one. But um, I'll be back next week. Not quite sure what it'll be over specifically, but I have a feeling it's going to be about a hot take I have over who is in my top five. Um, I, I, I think there's some room for argument in that, and uh, really excited to defend some hot takes of mine that aren't. I'm not trying to be different, but. I genuinely think that some guys are just flying under the radar. So thank you guys again, and uh, tune in to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast tomorrow. Um, again, more reveals coming up for what is a wonderful lineup uh, on this show. I'm really excited to be a part of it. And thank you for listening. And um, and if you could just, you know, rate five stars and subscribe, you know how it goes. It would mean a lot to me and just all of us on this show. Uh, thank you guys, and have a great rest of your day.